It's Thanksgiving week. It's Black Friday. Cyber Monday is coming up. There is so much going on with our sponsors, and that includes our friends at Orca Coolers. Right now, they have deals every day up until Cyber Monday. You're going to want to go to orcacoolers.com. Check out what those deals are. If you don't like any one of those deals for whatever reason, you can always get 20% off by using code DADSEASON. So if you want a tumbler, if you want a cooler, you want to get something for somebody that's special in your life, you want something for yourself to be the envy of dads everywhere, go ahead and go to orcacoolers.com. Use code DADSEASON. Tell them the dad sent you. If you are a bourbon group or if you are a store or distillery and you want awesome laser etched glassware at wholesale prices, go see our friends at distilleryproducts.com. They don't just have glassware. They have awesome swag too, and they've just partnered with Mir, so they have some cool other stuff. You want to check them out at distilleryproducts.com. If you want, I'll be happy to introduce you to my friends, Carson, Janie, Vicky, all the good folks over at distilleryproducts.com. We use them. You should use them too. What a week of sports. There's so much going on. It is rivalry week for college football. If you bet $50 on a college football spread, you'll get $30 to use on another college football game at action247.com. Tennessee's only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. The matches this weekend, Brooks Kepka versus Bryson DeChambeau. There's a lot of bad blood there. A lot. I can't wait to watch this. But if you bet 25 bucks on the winner, they will give you a $15 free bet just for funsies. Black Friday deposit boost. I mean, come on. You know they always do deposit boosts on Fridays. So, of course, they're going to do a Black Friday one. There's an NBA parlay parte. Bet 25 bucks on a $200 parlay and get a $15 NBA free bet. And, of course, the Titans-Patriots are coming up this Sunday. And if you wager $50, they'll give you another $30 for your Sunday bets. You can also use code DADS100, and they will match up to $400 of your first deposit. You can parlay that with their Black Friday deposit boost and get a hell of a boost on this Black Friday at our friends at Action247.com. If you want action, get in on the action at Action247. everyone my name is john edwards and with me is not zeke baker because he had to work today and don't tell my work because i snuck away because we have an amazing fellow dad drinking bourbon here you may (laughs) know him as a a man who has three grammys two american music awards 14 cmas 15 acms but we're not going to talk about any of that because he decided to make a whiskey brand and now he's gone from whiskey lullabies and moonshine in his trunk to whiskey in a big ass tractor trailer truck following (laughs) around his tours so without further ado mr brad paisley thank you very much for joining dad thank you john I'm, i'm thrilled to talk to you it's really uh it's really fun to to meet somebody and and see what it is that uh how you're just so passionate for this stuff and and it's uh it's inspiring it's fun to talk about it well i know for me i tell people i am i am actually a carpet bagger so i am from new england and i transferred to kentucky got hurt playing football lost my scholarship went down to the land of bourbon hell if you go to kentucky you minor in bourbon whether or not you want to without a doubt you're right and that's how it happened for me but you're a guy from west virginia so how did you get into bourbon and whiskey besides just the obvious country music ties it's not hard to find (laughs) in my line of work but i have this studio on the farm 
in Franklin that is, I say studio, it's a house. It's where we lived for a while. It's an old farmhouse and we've, I've turned it into my fun house. Like it's kind of our guest house at, at the holidays and it's, it became a recording studio. That part of it grew. Every room ended up becoming some sort of recording space other than a few. And then there were some unused spaces in this big sort of sprawling house. And one of them was this enclosed porch that had been there from the 1900s. It was like, and that wing of the house, it was the house was built in 1904. But the porch that was there was probably added on in like the 60s. It just was in disarray. It had shag carpet and, <laughs> you know, drop ceiling that was kind of barn siding falling down. And and I just said, um, what could we do with this big space out here? And uh, it was literally like sliding linoleum doors were the windows, you know. <laughs> and I just said, um, what if this was a pub, you know, almost like a Irish pub or a sports bar, you know. So I sent a contractor that I... I say contractor, he's more of a family member at this point as much as he's out there building. But his name's Denver Halsey, and he's from Georgia. And I said, do you think you can build a bar in here? And he said, oh, yeah. And he's <laughs> and, I said, uh, and he just loves a challenge like that. He's really an artisan. He'd never been on a plane, and we flew him to Europe with us to play over there. I'm like, you need to go see what pubs are like in Europe. There's just nothing like it. The local hangout, you know? Like all that wood in there, and, and they have a yeah, lot the of... Wood. And the the vibe and the the logos of teams and the logos of beers and the you know it's just a great it's you've seen Ted Lasso it's where they end up <laughs> every night I have a crazy obsession with Ted Lasso and that's just me, too, me. and now I talk to my dogs like I'm Roy Kent like when they're not doing what I want I go oi in the house yeah no in the house bitches. I don't know if you Peloton or anything like that, but there's a, an instructor and her name's Leanne and she's British and I cooled down with her because she reminds me of Keely. <laughs> like she's a dead ringer for Keely. Oh, hilarious. Even an accent. That's funny. It, you know, no, I, my wife does. I'll tell her to look for the, the Keely lookalike. My wife walked in this morning. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm cooling down with Keely. That's hilarious. But I, hilarious. I am much more of a Ted Lasso personality than Roy Kent. It's very yeah, apparent. Are, for sure. You're a Coach Beard, possibly. Oh, no. That episode, that one episode where Coach Beard just went off in London, like, I've yep. rewatched every episode of Ted Lasso two or three times. I can't rewatch that one. Oh, it's nutty. It's You know what, though? It's a really interesting homage to a couple of things. There's a Scorsese movie. It's basically after hours, I think that it's ripping. But at the same time, didn't you notice that I like to me, there's so much Edgar Wright influence in that. They said that. Yeah. The Cornetto, right? Like they even say Cornetto. Let's get, we're going to go get a Cornetto. There's two things that happened this season. So they asked them to add on two episodes. And so they added on the beard episode and they added on the Christmas episode. And that's why those two don't really Christmas episode was like my favorite. Oh, that was a good one when everybody shows up at um oh, what's his name the gm's house why can't i think of his name right now i can never think of his name either glasses guy <laughs> i know i can never think of his name he's a diamond dog lionel now i'm gonna look it up because i got a computer right here okay well anyway but as far as the bourbon thing goes i build this bar on the farm that's supposed to be a pub higgins and, uh, what's that higgins higgins it. you're right we just don't know any other higgins in in franklin no, Higgins is not a common name in Franklin. <laughs> this is our son, Higgins. Uh, so you have the pub. Sorry. We'll, we'll we, digression over. So finally he builds this thing. He goes over there and you can imagine when he lands in London and Dublin and he walks in these bars. They're like, uh, I right, well, we get you. And he's like, 
Oh, uh, hi, y'all. My name's Denver Holsey, and I'm here to build a, a pub for my boss. Uh, I just want to look around and maybe have a drink and uh, pick your brains on maybe what makes a great pub. And they loved him. It was just literally Ted Lasso happening, and, and they just loved him. So he got to know some of these people, and then he took a lot of pictures and had the time of his life and then came back to America. And I came when I got back, he'd already gotten – there were stacks of maple boards, like about that thick. 10 inches wide and I mean stacks and just sitting out on the lawn in front of the porch. He built everything in there. And I don't know if you've seen any pictures of it, but I do a lot of things there, but it's like, it's really a remarkable little entertaining space. And so once that was built and done, he built these shelves and we had a Guinness tap and we had all these spaces for bottles. And so I, I was like, well, I guess I'll head over to Brinkman's and moon wine and spirits and a bunch of these great stores and red dog and started buying stuff and and um you know and then you then you go down the rabbit hole you're like you get the staples everything from single barrel whatever single barrel elijah craig to whatever it might be you know you're, you're going through all this stuff and then all of a sudden you start to i get like the distiller app and i start to read the things and start to see oh this needs to I need to get this. This looks great. And I that was a long time ago. So I was literally sort of right before the big boom. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned that that was Brinkman's before it was Carruthers Wine and Spirits before it's now nothing. And then Barrels and Brews is the next incantation, which has taken over the Shoney's on 96. Yeah. And then there's, well, Tim has a new store in Brentwood, if you haven't been. Oh, it's great. Because it's great. Side note. I mean, I know people get mad when we have famous people on and then I put something in, but number one Chinese, which is right down a couple doors down from Brinkman's. It's one of the only places in Nashville where you can get steak on a stick, the beef teriyaki from somebody who's traveled a lot. You can't go get a lot of steak on a stick here in Nashville. No, you're right. Now I think about it. Take it from a fat guy. I'm telling you, (laughs) you know, I went down the rabbit hole, started buying these things and, um, and there's really nothing like the ability, like what you have sitting behind you right there, the ability to line up a flight and learn. Like that's that's how I learned. It's like you line up a flight of these things and you go down the line and it's like you, you, you see, because bourbon on its own without a reference, yeah, it's sort of, it's, it's an interesting thing. You like, there's really nothing like trying these five-star things side by side and seeing what makes a great bookers what it is how different that is even from like a a full strength george t stag like bookers and stag to me are so different i love that you said that so much because there are so many people that reach out to us and they're like i want to buy a bottle what should i get it's i have no idea what to tell them and i go well what do you like i say do you like a little bit of spice on the front of your mouth because that's going to be a higher rye or it's going to be a rye altogether. Right. Do you like a, a burn in your chest? Do you like something that goes down really easy? And then I tell them, whatever I tell you means nothing because your palate is different. So I want you to go right. get like an Elijah. I, I don't even want you to buy the full things. Go buy mini bottles and find things yeah. that are different proof that are different mash bills and yeah. do blind tastings have somebody blind you figure out what your palate is and then go down that rabbit hole more rather yeah. than just me tell you i could tell you what good ones to put in the flight are but your palate's going to tell you what you want oh yeah i mean i and i see it all the time like i have people over a lot 
they are people who like whiskey but don't know much about it. And that's very often the case. So they will sit there and I'll do, I'll say, all right, we're going to, I'll pour you five things, little sips. And you basically start through there because having the ability to do that, just like you do right, right behind you there, it's a lot of fun to be able to take somebody and blow their mind and walk them down the thing. And it's, it's really fascinating to see that I got a friend of mine who loves scotch, loves bourbon, loves good cognac, can't stand rye. Like it does something to him the way certain people can't eat Brussels sprouts because they literally have a an issue with one of the chemicals in Brussels sprouts and they'll never like them. And then there's other people like me that I'm like, well, they're great. What are you talking about? I love them. But you know what I think it is with the rye? And I think it's totally the mash bill of the rye. Like if you get that Kentucky rye that's 60 Yeah, something. but I've tried, I've tried everything. I've tried the best rye you can and he can't do. I'm like, you are going to change your mind right now. And I'll pour him the Thomas H handy best year full. You know what I mean? That yeah. stuff is unbelievable. The Pappy rye is also unbelievable. Oh, both of those are great. I, I think the and Pappy can't rye, stand them. the Pappy rye is probably that. And the 15 are probably the only two and, and old rip, but I don't really like um, the older stuff. That's lower proof. Because it's all mouthfeel for me. And if I'm spending a whole lot of money on whiskey, and we'll get into yours. We're, we're going to talk about American Highway, but the thing that I love about yours is the mouthfeel. Like there's a, a big coating and it feels like there's a whole bunch of caramel yeah. that just goes. I yeah. hate when you get something that somebody's like, this is great. It's Pappy 23. And then you taste it and you're like, well, it tastes thin to me. You know, 23, the 23's got too much wood for me too. It's, 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 um, I like 20. Three's three years too old. I wish they'd just take all the 23 and make it 20. But the 23 can't, I mean, look, it's, it, we're getting picky because it's like if somebody pours me Pappy 23 at an event, I'm going to enjoy every drink of it. I'm not saying no, but if it's my cash. It's interesting. You're right. All of us have our favorites. And I feel like it's an interesting thing, the way that this is such a subjective and wonderful thing, and it's blooming. Like people are all, there's enough to go around. Well, actually, there isn't enough to go around, but there's enough interest that good things are finding a home, you know? I love that that this, you know, that this sort of, this drink and this art form is is being appreciated in a big, big way now. For a long time, it wasn't. And, and so it was, that's kind of why we did what we did. Cause it was like, we had this idea and thought, you know, I think we can contribute something that hasn't been done to this world. It might be a disaster in every way, but it also might, it might work and we'll see. Well, and I think that's the cool thing about it because there are gimmicky things. I'll just say, you know, yeah. and it's easy for people to look at this and go, all right, yeah, you put it in a truck, followed along his tour, it went over 7,000 miles. Yeah, great. That's the marketing gimmick. At the same time, we also know that things are sitting in a stationary rickhouse. Yeah. They're not moving. We've seen from, you know, Jefferson's Ocean to the Willet Blackened and all mm -hmm. the, the Blackened Whiskey that Metallica put out, you know, People are trying to do uh, three court even does it too. trying to jostle the whiskey around somehow, yeah. but 
putting it in a truck and having it drive all around the country, that whiskey. Well, and have you ever sat in the back of a truck? <laughs> it's not fun. It's awful. We no human being survives this trip. I've had to do it a couple times moving and it was just down the street and it was uh, all right, we don't have enough room, you know, when you're younger and you're moving yeah. around in your twenties, you're helping your buddy out. When it went, this first batch, when it went, it was summer and we played Arizona and it was fall and we played New Hampshire. These guys are not the especially the truck drivers, the bus drivers have to be better at it. Uh, as far as like braking and being smooth, these truck drivers do not care. <laughs> There's no one riding with them and they are pushing it and then they're slamming on brakes and they, and I, if you've ever ridden through Arkansas, oh yeah, that'll I, age a whiskey before it gets to the state line. You know, that whole ride from Memphis down to, to Arkansas. You can tell when you get into Arkansas. Oh yeah. hundred no, it's percent. Like, it's, it's like they warn you with rumble strips. <laughs> By accident. The thing is, though, I mean, you talk about the weather, you talk about you know temperature, you talk about the motion that that's going on there. Did you have anything where there was some loss that was unexpected from you know having super super hot temperatures to super cold temperatures? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, there it wasn't like they found a bunch in, on the floor of the trailer or anything. It it held up surprisingly well. In that sense, I think we got lucky. I'm not really sure. We did another round already, this this tour, this year. See, the, the way this worked, you know, when we started toying with this, my first idea was, what if we stuck a barrel under the bus and it just went with us? <laughs> That's not a smart thing. Somebody luckily talked me out of that. I have to tell you that there are plenty of bourbon drinkers, and I love having this conversation with you because it you're just one of us. So me and a bunch of my buddies, we took a Four Roses barrel that was just dumped, and then we took a whole bunch of Four Roses single barrels, all different ones, and poured bottles back into it. And then I I have a so when you get back in town, I'll come share How'd that it with turn you. Out? Surprisingly good. But just like American Highway, we sat there and said, all right, this might suck or it might be really good. And then we put it on a farm for six to eight months and then we would just check it every once in a while. And then eventually we right. rebottled it. You're right. I mean, you never know how long to do something. And with our, in our case, the red tape and what to do was so incredibly like daunting because the idea is a great idea which is, okay, so this bourbon began its life. It's reached an age where it needs to age longer. What happens if we take that exact thing and then send it down the highway, do it until we think it's done? And then that's a, it's simple in theory, but then you're talking about taking alcohol that has not been sold or any of these things yet across state lines, all across America, not bottled, completely, you know, it's in, they're in barrels, so it's not like it's it's not in a vat or in anything secure. Like you said, it's like we're really lucky that none of these barrels came apart, flooding the compartment. Also, you talk about that the red tape. Was there special clearances you had to get? As yeah, a- it, it had to be uh, basically. I think it was it had to be bonded because basically what you would do is they'd had to, they had to sort of padlock it in Kentucky when it left Bardstown. They, you know, piece of tape, can't cut the tape. If you cut the tape, then it's a whole nother. You can only open it. There was some sort of rules of supervision, like 
to open it. You know, it's like the bonding process. You know, you talk about how there wasn't any loss. I don't know if you heard the story of Garrison Brothers when they first started. So big bourbon fans went down to Texas, where they're from, and went to go open a distillery. And what they did the first six months, they padlocked it because they were afraid they were going to drink their own whiskey. And when they came in (laughs) six months later, the Texas heat, just everything was gone. Oh my gosh. To the point where Dan Garrison, the story is he just got a bottle of Maker's Mark and went into a little depression, went up to Kentucky for a little bit. And then they started going around asking, saying, all right, what do we have to do to actually make sure that these things don't leak with the heat? And everybody in Kentucky is like, I don't know what to tell you. Whole thing. I mean, you don't know. If you're bonding that up, you're locking it up. You don't know like, hey, maybe the driver swerved a little bit and something fell over. You have no idea. Yeah. Now, well, there's a lot of things that could happen. I mean, you could add a wreck. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's Well, how Jack just had one last week in Murfreesboro. It's possible. I mean, we thought of all of that and we had to legal, you know, get the legal sort of clearances for all of it, got that done. And then it got really exciting because I remember the day they loaded all those in the truck and there's 90 barrels and you know, the truck smelled incredible. Just the smell of that tractor trailer. You were like, could I just put my tour bus behind that truck? Yeah. You've been in a Rick house. It had that exact thing. And then it went. And what's really fun is thinking back to that tour, which was 2019, the whole aging process for this took a lot longer than we expected because our tour went, it did the run we expected basically all across the States. And then the pandemic hit and it sat again in the truck. So then it's sort of traditionally aged in the truck up in Kentucky. We finally decided to unload it and, and start the process because we just didn't know. We just, we tried it at that point and realized it's, it's good. It's time to blend this and, and figure out, what to do with it. And and it was a lot of fun because that first sort of epiphany of like, oh, okay, it did change. It's so much better than I expected because I know what went in. Like we didn't start this journey with anything that was completely ready to go at all before it took off on its journey. I want to get back to all of this, but I, I think there's even this interim, right? Because you were drinking, obviously stores like you, were they taking you on single barrel picks or were they getting you involved in the process? And then you kind of went a little bit deeper and deeper before you wanted to put a barrel underneath your bus? A little bit. I mean, I was, I, it's sort of like we, we went around and around talking about the ways you could do this and you cannot put a barrel under the bus. I mean, it's like, <laughs> first one, you can't kill someone. These are all things that I threw out. And I also am good. I'm good friends with Trey uh, Zoller from Jefferson's. And we had this discussion. I had told, when I had the idea, I remember I had him over and I said, I've got this idea. And I even was sort of like, is this something, you know, would you, would you want to, he's like, look, I, I can't, I'm, he's got his own thing. And he's like, but I love it. And I think you should do it. And I think, uh, you know, I'll be rooting for you. He's like, I really think that this is unique. And it was fun also to talk to, uh, you know, I'm friends with Wes from Angels Envy and Brent Elliott um, really is such a good dude. Uh, I've gotten to know all these guys. And so it was sort of like, I'm doing this with Bardstown. Here's the idea. And it's fun. The, the community, as you know, and getting to know these these folks, they are so supportive of one another. It's not like even the music industry where there's a lot more competition. There's no real, it doesn't feel like competition in the bourbon world. There's enough, there's actually not enough to go around. So it's not like somebody is stepping on anyone. 
And that's a hundred percent how I feel. That's how I've treated the podcast too. you know, reaching out to other people. The community in bourbon is great and we're all a resource for each other. Yeah. And, um, I mean, look at the heaven Hill fire, you know, when, yeah. when heaven oh, Hill man. had the fire, other distilleries said, Hey, we'll give you some juice, but that's just kind of the way it is. And I think there's so much, I hang out with a lot of the Tennessee distilleries because I tell people prohibition ended in Tennessee really in 2012, 2013, all those years. <laughs> because every it was jack pritchard and george before then and then they had to go county by county and and change the law so everything the tennessee guild is doing like when people talk about the years that jimmy and elmer and booker and everybody got together and they were having a beer after work like that's what's going on in tennessee all these distilleries are working together we got to get you out to grains and grits next year it's in townsend it's killer i'd love it so that's why, I mean, I was asking about single barrels because you go down the rabbit hole and then I feel like with all of this, you kind of got to pick your ultimate single barrel. I mean, I feel like partnering with Bardstown, I know a lot of people asked me to ask you why Bardstown. I think everybody kind of realizes they're making their own stuff. They have access to a lot of barrels. You go to the facility. It looks like a Ferrari. It's, they have it figured out as far as that goes. That isn't why I picked him. I, we'd already worked on it before I ever got there because it was during the pandemic when we did all of the uh, blending and deciding on how to do it. First of all, they're great people, but you could say that about just about anybody in this business. They really, they're so adventurous in the whiskey front and forward thinking. They figured out a while ago that they need to build a Napa style destination up there. And that's what, I mean, I have so many friends from around the country that are going to visit and I'm going to take them up there as a, as a trip because it is truly, isn't it amazing? I laugh though, because I personally hate the word Napa. Like I, you know what I'm saying? I understand the, the thing behind it. And, and I think, um, but it's like, I think of Sonoma and Napa and all of that as, you know, people do this destination. They go up there, they drive around, they try wines. They don't know what they're doing. They have a ball in Kentucky. It's sort of like, it it reminds me of when I first got to Nashville and the greatest guitar luthier slash repair person and guitar guru in the world is a guy named Joe Glaser. And he works on everyone's guitars. Everyone from, everyone from Clapton to Chet before he died to everybody. I mean, he's just, that's the guy in the world. It's rare you can say that's the best in the world about anybody. And he's the best in the world. And I knew who he was growing up. Kentucky reminds me of that in the sense that when I first got to Nashville, I called him and I had gotten some guitar work done from him when I was a kid. And I just was enamored with who he is. And I just said, I was in college and I said, can I come see your shop? And he's like, why? (laughs) And I said, I just got to come meet you and see where you do what you do. And he was at the time in Leaper's Fork. And I go in and he's like, sure, I don't know why you'd want to, but come on down. I come down and it's in this like garage and he's got all this gear and here's Steve Warner's guitar, Vince Gill's guitar he's working on. And for me, it was like, wow, this is where magic happens for him. It's like, it's a garage. <laughs> and in Kentucky, they are learning, oh, we should make this a destination. Cause so many people forget that, especially those of us that live in Nashville. I mean, yeah. you've been here long enough. And one of the reasons why they felt safe having you come on with us is I was like, yeah, we live in Nashville. Like Keith and uh, Nicole are at 
Macy's and you know, they're right next to you. You have this songwriter that's this number one person that's right next to you. I'm like, we don't care. And I think you almost get jaded that everyone's in the business in Nashville. Nothing's that special. And that's kind of what Glazer was like. He's like, this is my shop. It's what I do for a living. I don't really think anything different of it. Same thing in Kentucky. Everybody around Bardstown is connected to the bourbon industry. So as far as they know, they're like, this is just life. You know, this person's a distiller, this person's a blender, this person's a cooper. And for these people that are super fans of the spirit, they're going like, oh my God, it's bourbon Mecca. And everybody's like, this is where I go nine to five, Monday through Friday. Yeah. Well, you know, and I I think that as far as that goes, when these guys, these guys were unfazed by our ideas, they were like, yeah, okay, sure. We could do that. And it's so cool that they were all in on figuring out how. The hard part is, obviously, everything that leads up to it going in the barrel. After that, it's wait and see. They do all that, which is great, because I definitely don't have the means to do anything like that, but not legally. <laughs> and it's like, but my name's not on the bourbon, but if I'm going to be involved with a bourbon and be you know, sort of a, a bourbon owner and contribute to this world that I love, how do I make it something where it's not just my name or my my picture in an ad. And I can't think of anything better than, okay, it's going on the road, going into the gigs. Like all these experiences that these people had that summer of 2019 and then also the summer of 2021 this year with the voyage we just took with it. That's all in that there's a drink you can get that went to these gigs. And the I think the fun part about it too, and knowing the way that Bardstown has been so good about the answer with them has always just been, yes, it's been amazing. Sort of like, you think we could, they're like, yeah, (laughs) you know, and I love it. I love the philosophy of there. There's gotta be a way. And, you know, we found a way to do this and what's really rewarding is this first batch. It's like, here it comes back. I know the cities, I know the, everything from the truck, taking a picture at the city limits signs to some landmarks and just what can we do going forward? There's nothing that says it's got to be me that it follows around. Like it could go a lot of, there's one idea I had was like, what if we sent it to all the baseball stadiums? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do a little tour of like do a baseball batch. You know what I was just thinking in my head though, while you're saying all this, I'm thinking like, all right, you have the tour t-shirts, but then American highway can have its own tour t-shirt. Yeah. And or posters or, I've got a list of all the of all the stops, all the places we played where this truck went. You can literally take your tour T-shirt you already have and just Probably. replace the front. Yeah, with American Highway, and yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of fun things we can do with this. But what's really fun to me, like the the most cathartic moment of this whole thing, the, the crazy moment of like realization of oh my god, this worked. <laughs> was when it got when I first got the finished bottle and it'd come off the line and they they'd filled the bottles and I got my first case and I opened one and there's an Instagram that looks like a stock photo sort of like what you did with the bottle on the highway but <laughs> uh, that looks like a stock photo that I put up of it in the bar I was sitting in my bar with a cigar I forget what night it was. It was like a few weeks ago. And it's like having that in the bar late at night, everybody had gone to bed and it was just me. It paired up with, I forget what the cigar was. I think it was a, I don't even know, but it just paired up 
I know what it was. It was actually a hand-rolled cigar I got in Turks and Caicos. Oh, there you go. And it was crazy. That moment of like having that with a cigar, and it goes great with cigar, just the things that are happening in it. It was the first time I had done that ever. And, you know, with this bourbon and, and it was like, there was a, it just felt like accomplishment that I've not felt in a weird way. So I'm looking at it right now. I have to say, is this a, uh, iPhone photo or. Did yes. You... I'm sitting there. I set it down on that. And the ashtray, look at the ashtray. I've had it forever. It's a tire. It is a tire. It's it awesome. It looks like we planned this and I did not. I mean, it's very well planned out. You have the chest set there. You got the leather chair. The chest set is always there. There's an antler. (laughs) (laughs) Getting into more of the new, I I love the picture. Everybody go check it out though, because it is a very, I could tell you also have portrait mode on. Fun little uh, fact. Do somebody? I I wouldn't know. Somebody that does Instagram way too much. I have no idea. It's got that little blurry up at the top by the cork. And uh, that's how you can tell. That's that's an accident right there. Well, it was a hell of an accident because it really blurs out the rest of it and frames up the front. You did a killer job. Thanks. If you don't know this stuff, getting into more of the nuances, because as I was reading the press release and finding out more about the whiskey, did all of this whiskey, because we haven't really got into it, this is 28% three-year-old, 71-21-9. It's 25% three-year-old, 60, 36, and 4. So it's that high rye Mashville. Then we have 24% 13-year-old, 74, 18, and 8. We aren't allowed to say it, but anybody that knows anything about whiskey knows where that came from. And then we have 23% 15-year-old, 78.5, 13, and 8.5. Not all of this whiskey, though, went on the truck, right? Or did it? Right. Not all, no. Uh, probably about half. But you have to... First of all, we I felt like the best whiskey was a blend of some of these things. Like, we went around and around on how we were going to make this the best whiskey it could be and um in that sense it was good right out of the truck if you just did exactly what was in the truck but this this made like basically the blend was better than any of these by themselves and And that was really the goal and did they put a whole bunch of blends to you and then like so how were you involved in there yeah so it was pandemic time so i couldn't do it in person so it was all on zoom and some of the most fun zooms you'll ever have they it was here's it was blind tasting labeled with letters a b c and d we do that and then we do it again we did that i bet i have 40 possible blends in little bottles that they sent you know we would all there were about 10 of us on a on a zoom at a time folks from bardstown some of my managers and people that are also involved in investing in it and we basically had this committee of everybody sort of discussing and one of the things you mentioned earlier was this caramel there was one particular blend that had that the most and that's what we went with i really love that aspect of whiskey it's what i love about it's what i love about ocean yeah and, w- and when you're talking about pairing it with the cigar and how it really pairs well with the cigar that's why i love the mouth feel i love sitting out by the fire pit having yeah. a pour and having a cigar and you know especially yeah. I know you got kids, but I have a five-year-old that has a hell of a lot of energy. So Uh it's nice to sit out there for an hour once she goes to bed and just kind of, you know, forget about everything for a minute, put the headphones in. You have this incredible room to do it in. I can't be smoking cigars in my house. I would get my ass kicked, but the... (laughs) I'm lucky with that. Like I said, it was a porch. 
So it literally is its own ventilation system from the house. Oh, that's awesome. And no one lives in that house either most of the time. It's guest house. There's people there a lot. but And then I had just had Denver, the guy that built it, put in an attic fan. Oh, that's Because it had a ventilation system anyway. But up in the corner, there's a fan that just takes air out. It's like you're outside. It's podcasts like these that I always love and get surprised by because there are plenty of celebrities out there that are going ahead and doing a brand and they're like, hey, this is my brand. It just has my name on it. Go get it. And it pumps me up so much more when I hear people that are like, yeah, I was involved. I had this idea. I went out and did it. It doesn't sound like it was something you were sitting there going, oh man, I'm going to go get rich off of this American highway. It was. No, it's not about that. To me, it's about how much fun is it to create something simultaneous with creating music and memories and experiences out there? Like we have, think about that. It's like, I love songwriting and I love making a guitar the best thing it can be. And all of these things feel the same. They Like making a whiskey, writing a song, playing a great made acoustic guitar or even electric, the wood that goes into that, the time, the creative process, the thinking it through and figuring out the best way to present it. And then the memories involved, you know, in the story. It's like this, this is all hand in hand. And that was the most sort of rewarding thing about sitting there that first night with a cigar and this thing by myself. It's like, holy shit, <laughs> we did it. You know what I mean? And, and not only that, but it's drinkable. It's not like you came back and it's like, well, that was a great, you know, looked better on paper, didn't it? Or whatever. <laughs> well, did it's you all like, pick 96 proof? Not not to cut you off on that. Did you pick 96 proof for the drinkability? Are there? Different- it was the, to me, it was the magic number. We had everything. We had 90, 94, 96, 100, 107. The difference between 196, I mean, until you've done something like this, for anybody listening who's ever gotten the, the chance to try a whiskey as it's being created the difference between 96 and 100 blew my mind i always get mad when there's a limited edition release or something that comes out and it's 90 proof because i feel like somebody just sat there and said all right yeah 90 works and i'm like maybe it was 90.2 maybe it was 93.5 you have to try them to know and there's and it's not like it's not even like mixing a song where you hear it and go okay you need to turn 8k high end down 2 db and you can you can hear the song and know there's too much of that and and say turn that down like 2 db this it's like you can turn that down but when you turn that down when you go from 100 to 96 it might be amazing and it might be completely awful it really is these little these little mix these little eq bands are the most fascinating thing about it like 107 was really better to me than 100 but it also was not something you could put out that way for most people and 96 blew them all away it was the best one i think it was way better than 90 and way better than 100 i mean i would have i was like i loved the idea of 100 because we were kind of bonded anyway like when you think about it i love whiskeys over 100 proof a lot of the time like there's a magic to them and i would have loved nothing more than to have released this at 100 proof but it wasn't as good that's funny though because as we were talking earlier you know you're mentioning booker you're mentioning stag you're you know there yeah. are things in there i'm like man interesting. like old granddad 114 oh Great. Everybody kept saying this is going to get discontinued. It's going to get discontinued. I have yet to see it. So I had these two bottles. I was going to hoard it and I was going to go buy a case. And then I said, never mind. Everybody's lying about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it either in a while. So kind of, I know I've kept you late, Brad. You've been. Oh, on, I don't mind. 
You've been on a long time. There was all sorts of stuff I do. I mean, I love the fact that you got into it. And I love the fact that you're just one of us that had means. You know, you have a little bit more means than some of the other average bourbon drinkers out there. And you could go do something about it. But I love that it was a passion project. You know, one of the things that you're missing, because Zeke was not able to join, is half of this podcast. It's just us giving each other shit. So I, Oh, that's too bad. I'll have to do it again. Yeah, we'll we'll do it in person because we're right down the street. Ninety percent of it is people listen because it's like your boys hanging out, ragging on each other, and then talking about whiskey. But I asked the people. I went to the people and I said, "Do you have any questions for Brad?" Oh, good lord! Unfortunately, in true DDB style, they just wanted me to ask you to check me for ticks, and I said no. Tell so, them I said you're 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 all good. <laughs> So that question was out. Uh, we talked about why you started it. We uh, we talked about why Bardstown Bourbon Company before this. So this is actually one that that's there. What did you normally drink on tour before you started this brand? We have everything. I mean, um, I have fun. Like you're talking about having more means than others to sort of really dive into this hobby. And I we do. Like when you think about the cities we travel to, I got this. I've got this trick where my afternoon, sometime around sound check, whenever we get a few free minutes, me and my manager Kendall, we love to go to hit. I'll, I will ask the local folks, "Hey, what's your best whiskey shop?" and go to like the local liquor store. And a lot of the times they don't have anything, but there are those times when you show up and there's this guy who's the the manager and he's a fan and he's like, "Yeah, you want to see what's in?" And Kendall's whole trick is he'll walk in and say. What's in the back? What do you got that you didn't put out? That never works. I love the people that go on all the whiskey groups, like on Facebook or or Instagram, yeah. and they're like, hey, what's the best shop in Nashville to go get something? Or I'm going to this place. Where where can I get something? It's like something gets put out here. It's gone. There's, But we find like, like, you know, there's all kinds of tricks. I've been doing this for so long that like in Canada, when they discontinued Elijah 12 and took the 12 off and then changed the bottle. So the old stubby bottle with the red 12 on it is magic. That oh, is yeah. Magic. I realized that I had bought, I saw the new bottle had just hit the shelves in America and they were done with 12 and they had taken the name off or the, the years off, which allows them to, to not necessarily be entirely 12 years old, you know, and changed it. I get to Canada and this has just happened. And I walk in the liquor store in like Hamilton, Ontario, this little tiny store, and they have nothing of note. It's just Jack Daniels and George Dickel and the basics. No, no single barrel, anything. And big red 12. Like, may, yeah, maybe <laughs> Woodford. And then you look and they have an entire whole shelf of 12 and they haven't taken it off the shelves up there. And then I went and for the, like, we were up there for like a week playing and I, every store I went in all across Canada, they had Elijah 12 and they wanted $32 Canadian. That's like 10 bucks. It was unbelievable. It was like twenty something dollars. The conversion so rate was I've awful. Got, I have a closet full of Elijah Twelve. I have like ten bottles of twenty bottles of that or something stupid. Because it was like, why? Why not? You have to, especially when you have that bar. I mean, that's something where if you're able to have your kind of well pour be something that yeah. somebody walks in there and goes, "Oh my God, you still have Big Red Twelve and. There's all sorts of stuff that I know we all hoard and our wives yeah. look at us like we're crazy. And truth of the matter is like, this is going to be gone. Think of all the people that still have Heaven Hill bonded. Oh, yeah. I've got two bottles of Hirsch 16. Oh. 
And I, I'm so lucky that I have those. I know I, a, a friend of mine loved it at the time and went around Texas buying it at gas stations. I know a lot of people are going to fanboy over your music, but I'll be at your doorstep waiting to drink your whiskey when you come back. <laughs> it's so much fun, isn't it? It's just oh. because these are about these are about tastes. These are about stories. These are about memories. And it is so like music. It is for me. I'm very mediocre and I've done my tour of uh, playing covers and bars to get in before I was 21 and being in bands and doing that kind of stuff. But it is very much a communal activity. You know, I think music is a very communal activity and it, it's it's about, you know, what you're doing with other people. Same thing with whiskey. I mean, I could tell you tasting notes on a lot of stuff, but as I've gone through this longer, I could tell you more who I drank a bottle with yep. rather than specifically what it was. That's the thing too. It's like you were talking about how everybody's palate is different. Everybody's sort of situation in life is different at the moment too it's something about also what'd you eat that night like what did you what's going on like do you have any sinus that you have allergies i mean it's so different zeke won't let me drink coffee when we do a barrel pick he's why what does he say coffee does well i mean coffee just it can be strong it can affect your palate you know just anything that's going to affect your palate he kind of wants me to stay away from the thing is though would you ever drink it in real life in that way like you need to keep the situation the same well and i always kind of say if i drink coffee every day why would i deviate from my normal routine right that's then, like mixing a song on better speakers than you own and, <laughs> and then the other thing is you sit there and you're like uh you know when you do these barrel picks sometimes your barrel pick is nine or ten in the morning sometimes it's one or two in the afternoon well either one of those times is not going to be the time of day that i normally end up drinking you know like no. i drink at nine o'clock when well, i, I put not. my daughter to bed right of course and it's not every day so it's like no. by that point what like nine in the morning versus nine at night your palate's different yeah it is I'm curious, last question before I let you go. Now that you've done this, I mean, it's a it, just like a song, like an album. It's a, a tremendous accomplishment to actually get it out, be excited to get it out. And then that excitement builds, and I'm sure your mind is already racing over, I did this, what can I do next? And you already have that other batch going, but are you, you thinking- mean in the bourbon world? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, no, we, it is racing over- how do we make this even more richer in terms of like the experience? And I think a lot of that has to do with what's fun about it is the way we're doing this, it's going to be different every time. There's no such thing as like the consistency of Angel's Envy is is envious. I mean, they have found a way to make a whiskey that is like, you know, when you buy, I've never had a bottle of Angel's Envy standard that's better than or worse than the other bottle of Angel's Envy. How they do that, I don't know. But in our, you know what I mean? Like he, there's others where it's like single barrel four roses. They're not all the same. No, no. And I've got, like, I've got my favorite bottle I've ever had of that. It's hidden in the closet. Well, and it all depends on, you know, especially with four roses, it's what way was the Rick house facing? Was it East or West? Yeah. What, what floor or not floor what floor? And you, and that's, what's neat is they label. You can tell. Yeah, I've gone and looked at the very spot where I had the best one I ever had with Brent. It was fun. But like, you know, the, I think that in the sense of like this whiskey, 
every time is going to be different. Every experience is going to be different. This tour this year was shorter because it was, you know, condensed due to the pandemic, but it still happened. And we still did Arizona in August and we, or whatever in the fall. And, you know, it still hit the Oklahoma in the middle of summer and, you know, and then it was cold. We ended in well, the second to last trip was up to Maine. It was already, it was 30 degrees one night. What's this one like? And it started better. This was drinkable before we took it down the road. The other one I wouldn't say was drinkable before it aged on the road. This one's going to be entirely different when it comes out. I'm excited to see what that's like. We'll probably do a little, some sort of notation on the bottle that says this is the second iteration of it and in some way. And there's lots of fun stuff you can do. And our minds are racing. Like, how do we make this something where you want it every time? It's going to be different every time. I can't wait to see there be like 10 trucks instead of the one truck. I mean, yeah. As the brand grows, I mean, eventually it's like, all right, if we do some of this, we got to, we're going to have to get a fleet of American highway trucks and you never know where they're going to be. That'd be a lot of fun too, because you think about the possibility of that going down the road. And usually when you see a Budweiser truck, you know what's in there and it's it's bottles on their way to be consumed. When you see one of ours, it's like, that's in process. And it might not always be on tour. You know, you could have the baseball thing going on at one time. You could have a football thing going on at one time. You could Yep. I see partnership opportunities with the the different entities, the NFL, MLB, MLS. Right. You know, there's there's a lot to be said here and I'm just so happy that a fellow member of the bourbon community, a, a bourbon fan went off and decided to take an experiment. You know, I, I think a lot of people, when they see a celebrity, we talked about this. It sounds to me like it's more fun than anything. And to me, it's more about this is, I get to talk to you about bourbon and I wouldn't have been able to do that today. I love that so much. And that has made my day. I will say for me the too. people, lots of caramel on here and i would say caramel but you you're missing out on zeke zeke is one of a kind he's from northwest (laughs) georgia if you don't say things a certain way uh he's gonna get on you but i think there's a lot of cinnamon on here too like a nice rye spice that really comes through on yeah it's high rye for sure and you get that and which that's why it's caramel too yeah well, go find American Highway Reserve. It is in a limited amount of states. I will make sure in the notes to put where you can get this. Brad, thank you so much for spending the time. Everybody can follow Brad at Brad Thanks, Paisley. John. You can find him, American Highway Reserve. Thank you so much again. John, I loved it. We'll do it again in person. No no microphones, just good whiskey. Well, I'm back in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to have you over, and we're going to have a ball. Heck yeah. Go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please leave us an open, honest review, just like we leave open, honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. Cheers, y'all. Cheers.